Welcome in on a Tuesday edition of the Bill Michaels Show. Beautiful day. Getting a, getting a little warmer outside, as a matter of fact. Taking a look outside. Nice, yes, the uh, UTV is still there. I got a goofy story about that. Oh, my goodness. Coming up here in just a few. <laughs> I screwed up. I <laughs> screwed up, man. Uh, I'll talk about that coming up. Uh, you got the Brewers losers last night, and they fall to Washington. Just the pitching staff has just all of a sudden hit a bump in the road. Four straight, the Brewers have lost. Cincinnati gets a win over the Cubs last night. Cincinnati did everything they could to give it away. They just didn't. And um, the Brewers uh, ultimately fall, and now a game and a half behind Cincinnati in the standings. The Cubs now five games back after falling to Cincinnati. Cincinnati continues to hit the hell out of the baseball, and uh, you would assume they're going to make more moves to try to bring in uh, a starter or two when it comes to their pitching staff, or maybe somebody for the pen, because their bullpen has not necessarily been good either. And uh, the Brewers, well, they, uh, they they grab themselves another bat out of the Mets organization. Nothing to write home about, but they solidify and deeply solidify the first base and outfield positions. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Meanwhile, the uh, Packers back in the practice field right now, uh, up at training camp in Green Bay on the Ray Nitschke field. Fans outside enjoying it. And uh, now we just kind of wait and see what else is about to happen. Uh, the Brewers, 34 runs they've allowed during this four-game losing streak. 34 runs the pitching staff has allowed during this four-game losing streak. 34. Holy crap. It's a lot of runs, man. Which is something completely out of the, the norm. Out of the norm. Mark Canna, uh, the outfielder slash positive first baseman uh, from the Mets, goes over to the Brewers. So that deal is now done, and he is uh, going to join the team. But uh, So they're continuing to try to bolster positions, whether, like I said, it's first base or outfield. And Joey Weimer not putting up uh, any kind of offensive numbers, although he's been defensively stellar. But uh, they need somebody that can hit, and uh, the Brewers um, make a trade for an outfielder and uh, pick up uh, Canna in the uh, deal from the Mets. So, again, they picked up uh, Carlos Santana, the first baseman. They picked up Canna, the outfielder. Maybe they make a deal for a third baseman. We'll wait and see. you got to feel that if you're going to get, uh, you know, Brandon Woodruff and Wade Miley back, that they're going to make some moves to move some guys from the starting rotation into the pen and bolster the pen. And that hopefully stems the tide. But uh, got to get back at it again today, and we'll see if that actually happens. But... I mean, don't get, you know, completely down for the fact that the Brewers could win the next two, still win the series, and uh, and and kind of go on from there. Maybe that's just would be the jump start they need. But, man, you really thought that you get out of Atlanta and you'd get back to, I, I want I dare I say, easier baseball, and they made it look difficult last night. Just when you thought, here you go, and uh, the Brewers take the lead, and you're thinking, man, just get through the next inning, and then, they can't throw strikes. Base hits become prevalent. All of a sudden, you got a broken bat single up the middle. Brings in a couple of runs, and the Brewers find themselves on the uh, the short end of the stick. So we'll wait and see. A lot of movement out of New York, only for the fact that Max Scherzer's gone. They're waiting to find out if Justin Verlander's going to be moved or not. He's got a conditional player option for the 2025 season. He's still owed over $43 million. Um, you know, I mean, they're trying to move him. 
there's been a lot of rumors about Shohei Otani, about what's going to happen there, uh, if anything is going to happen there. But uh, we're just kind of kind of waiting to see with the uh, Justin Verlander sweepstakes. We'll see what the Cubs end up doing. The Cubs saying that they're now, you know, becoming buyers. And Seattle is taking calls right now, and they're trying to make some moves and maybe some additional players in that realm. So we'll see what happens. Uh, a lot of movement going on right now in Major League Baseball. Put it this way, not a lot of movement. Not a lot of movement. I think that uh, a lot of rumors might be the better better word for it. Uh, Thomas says, Willie Adamas just pathetic right now at the plate. And yet, you know, they've moved Willie around numerous times. And I, I don't understand the necessity to keep him near anywhere near the top of the lineup to be honest with you. I just don't. Don't understand it. Um, Willie has been, for lack of a better term, just bad. Now, they put him at fifth last night. He did go two for four, uh, which it's amazing. He goes two for four, and he gets the average of 205. Uh, I guess the other side of the coin is is that Christian Yelich is still on fire. Still on fire. Three for five last night. Scored a run last evening. He's got the average up to 290 now. Slugging percentage of 481. He's been fantastic, no doubt. Contreras, again, two for four last night, had an RBI, batting 279. Uh, Santana came in again last night, one for four. The average is not great, sitting at 233 on the season, but still, you know, he's got a he's got a dinger, he's got another base knock. So Monteserio at third base, not the best defensively, but at least he's hitting the baseball right now. Caratini last night, I think he uh, went over, if I'm not mistaken. But that being said, I mean, and Joey Weimer had the base knock, scored a run last night, drove in the RBI. But, uh, but yeah, not uh, not anything to write home about. So they can always use a little bit more bat. But pitching-wise, I don't know if the staff is tired or if they just hit a bump. I mean, sometimes you just run into teams that are just on. So we'll see what happens tonight. If they can stem the tide and really kind of shut down this somewhat anemic Washington offense, get to that pitching staff more so that bullpen, get a win under their belt, get back on track, you know, maybe things begin to trend in their direction. We'll see. See, keep your fingers crossed. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Here's a, here's a note that I was reading this morning, and this is completely off topic, by the way. But um, I was reading about uh, I was reading in some of the NFL stuff this morning. The NFL, and this is actually brilliant. This is brilliant. I, I'm not always a fan of everything the NFL does. Uh, I think the NFL is a monster. I think uh, it just it it has really crapped on the average fan. It's gone and sold out corporately, monetarily, you know, the whole thing. Okay, that I understand. However. And this is brilliant. They are going to air the Super Bowl on Nickelodeon. Now, it's going to be on CBS, but it's going to be on Nickelodeon as well. They're going after the kids, the young fans. While kids are playing all kinds of different video games, not necessarily Madden, they're going to put this thing on Nickelodeon. And they're going to make it Nickelodeon, quote, kid-centric for a Super Bowl. And the Christmas, uh, I think it's either the Christmas Eve or Christmas Day game. They're going to do that as well. 
And like I said, I, I think the NFL, there is a lot, a lot of ugly blemishes about the NFL. But when it comes to their marketing, when it comes to them owning it and getting it, damn. I was reading all this this morning, and I thought, boy, what, just, what a brilliant idea. What a brilliant idea to take the Super Bowl to Nickelodeon. And they're going to make it, you know, SpongeBob worthy and and slime time worthy and all that kind of stuff. And they brilliant, brilliant marketing out of the NFL. Brilliant stuff. So anyway, I I, I saw that and I thought, man, that's that's worth a mention. It's worth a mention. Um, just because they've just been so good, so good at their marketability. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, do it. Uh, also, track us down on uh, the Facebook fan page. Go to facebook.com slash Show. You can email the program, thebillmichaels at gmail.com, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. Uh, Mark says, uh, what are your thoughts on Sean Payton's comments and Aaron Rodgers firing back? Um. Other than the fact that I really don't care, it's been the big story only for the fact that Aaron Rodgers is in New York. Um, now, it's, you know, much like when Brett Favre was still playing towards the end of his career, everything Brett Favre said was pretty much put under a microscope. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. And it's done big time because, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers and he's in New York and that's where all the media spotlight is. They've got a game coming up. I think it's Thursday. I think they got a game on Thursday night. The Hall of Fame game is Thursday. Uh, the Jets and the Browns. Um, speaking of the Browns, by the way, has anybody watched Deshaun Watson in practice, in training camp? Does he even care? I've been watching highlights on the NFL Network. They go from camp to camp to camp. And you see guys, Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers. You see Trevor Lawrence. You see Joe Burrow until the calf injury. You see Justin Herbert. You see all these guys, Jared Goff. You see all these different guys, man, they're out, they're running, they're hustling, they're rolling out, they're taking snaps, they're, they're going through the rhythm. Deshaun Watson's barely at makeshift speed. And, like, I, I, it's, it's weird. It's like maybe it's just the same highlight over and over again or maybe it just it caught him on a day that they're literally doing a walkthrough. But, man, I, I've never seen a guy – that's trying to come back and make a name for himself all over again in a positive light, specifically in the game of football, and just look as if he just doesn't care. Just walking around, walk, literally walking, literally walking through the motions, like walking back, taking a drop back, and then throwing the football, and then turning around like, okay, what else? You know, man, I've never seen anybody work less. Never seen anybody work less. Um, what else do we got? Um, the, uh, oh, the, uh, Russell Wilson thing, obviously with, you know, Sean Payton, I'm going to want to go back to that real quick. Um, the question, do I care? I don't really care. Uh, I do think it's Sean Payton and Sean Payton has tried to walk his comments back. He's only walking his comments back because it offended so many in the coaching ranks, but he knew exactly what he was doing. He, he, you know, you can say, Hey, uh, some of those comments were off the record. Well, whatever, but you, you never say anything to a reporter unless you look at the reporter and say, completely off the record, completely off the record. And I'll deny it if, if you ever print it, you know, completely off the record. And then they're pretty much obligated. Now, they can report anything, okay? 
But if you ever want to get an interview again, you ever want to have any credibility again as a reporter or a journalist, there's certain things you take with a grain of salt, and there's certain things you print and things you don't print. Sean Payton knew exactly what he was doing because what he did was he took the focus off of his team, put it on him, and put it on the previous regime. Basically exonerated a lot of the poor play that we witnessed out of Denver last year. Now, Russell Wilson, the guys in that locker room, they got to take responsibility for their, their terrible play. I mean, Russell Wilson looked like he completely fell off the table and made everything that Seattle said about him and didn't say about him, more so their actions in getting rid of him, 100% correct. And, and we saw that and thought rightfully so. So what he's doing is, is taking control of the situation by saying, hey, it really wasn't their fault. Okay, they've got a clean slate this year. We're wiping it clean. It was everybody else's fault. And thus, giving them a little bit of a a reprieve, if you will, uh, a little bit of a sigh of relief or confidence or whatever it is you want to do. But basically saying, hey, look, my guys are my guys. It's not their fault. What happened last year was terrible coaching, terrible decision making. It was terrible personnel moves and such. And the guys that we got rid of, we didn't need. The guys that are here, we need. And he's trying to rally his troops. But he did it in a very backhanded, subterfuge, um, non-classy way. I will say this, though. For anybody that says, well, what does he want? He's only got one Super Bowl. There's a lot of coaches that can't say that. So Sean Payton's had some success. Yes, he was part of the uh, orchestration of Bounty Gate on Brett Favre and the Minnesota Vikings and such, and I understand all of that. But he's, he's been a hell of a coach been a really good coach. It doesn't matter who he's had. It doesn't matter if he had Drew Brees. Drew Brees wanted out, wanted to go there. He made something of Drew Brees. He made something of that offense. He found good personnel. Worked with really good with the GM at the time. You know? Any coach that's had success that people want to knock, well, they'll say it's because, well, you had this guy. Well, yeah, but I worked with that guy. I called the plays. I did this. I did that. You know, you can't knock a head coach for winning. You just can't. I mean, people try to knock Phil Jackson. And when you look at the last dance and what Phil went through and the way he motivated his guys and knew when to pull the reins and knew when to let up, you know, knew how to handle the egos involved, sometimes that's harder to do than just going out there and giving you X's and O's to execute. So I, Sean Payne's a good coach, but he knew exactly what he was doing. Walking it back or not, he knew exactly what he was doing. And Russell Wilson fell off the face of the earth last year. So he's... He's trying to get Russell Wilson's focus to be on the bounce back and to be just on focusing on what he can do as a team leader and not being phony and not being full of crap and not being, you know, all the other things that have brought uh, the attitude down of players and people around him. He's trying to build him back up after a really awful year. But then again, they also lost a couple of wide receivers for the season too, one with Achilles injury. So we'll see uh, We'll see how Sean Payton actually does this year. But Mark, uh, was it week six or seven? when the Jets and the uh, Denver Broncos square off against one another, uh, I got a feeling that Aaron Rodgers will throw for 500 yards in that game. <laughs> just uh, just a feeling. Just a feeling. Uh, 877-867-1670. Find us, 877-867-1670. Would love to hear from you. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Steel Tank Brewing. They are the landing spot, the final destination for the motorcycle ride coming up this year on Sunday, September 3rd. Please be a part of it. Hope you're there with us. They're going to throw a hell of a party. Great food, great music, good bands, good space, some good vendors. Come on out and say hello to a Steel Tank Brewing, Roebrook Lane in Oconomowoc. Go support them. They are veteran-owned, and they are big supporters of our motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 3rd. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. 
ready. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome to Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. May I take your order? I'd like nine windows, please. Of course. All our products are custom-made just for you. I'm hoping they'll match my home. Of course they can. Have it your way. Excuse me? We're talking about windows, right? Yes. We customize any decor. Our design options are virtually limitless. Even more customized than your coffee. So you're like my personal barista for windows and doors. Exactly. And you couldn't have picked a better time because if you customize your order by August 31st, you can bundle and save big. Good deal. That was easy. Thank you. Drive through. Pella's premium wood windows and patio doors feature distinguished craftsmanship and nearly endless possibilities. Bundle and save when you customize your order by August 31st at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com. The oldest continuously operating track in the world. That's Great Lakes Dragaway, and uh, their drag strip has uh, been uh, noted all throughout the world for being the longest operating drag strip in the in in, in everywhere, uh, for that matter. Even the aliens race there uh, down in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Uh, Great Lakes Dragaway still a lot of race season left, so if you're looking to either race your own or go down and see others race theirs. 262-302-2138. That's GreatLakesDragaway.com. GreatLakesDragaway.com. Again, GreatLakesDragaway.com. Call them, 262-302-2138. And uh, good stuff happening not only this year, but uh, then next year once uh, they start to shut things down. The 2024 season passes are uh, are going to be on sale. So looking forward to that. Um, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. We got uh, some phone calls to get to. Let's do that uh, right now. Let's go to uh, Phil. Phil, welcome to the program, man. How you doing? Uh, thank you for taking my call. I have two questions. Sure. Uh, Vince Lombardi in the old days used to always keep the players at uh, St. Norbert's College, and now they have a new thing where they're housing them on the area. Is that a good move? Um, I, I don't care where they house them as long as they play well. I would assume that, you know, the old days of going into dorms and hot and sweaty and all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, I mean, I know they have air conditioning now, but I, I don't know that putting them in dorms is either good or bad. I, th- I still think that there's good camaraderie there, but things have just grown up so much in the last couple of years as far as putting guys. I mean, I know when teams travel – like uh, you look at a team like Cincinnati, they used to go to Georgetown, Kentucky. You look at uh, the like Arizona, they move their guys around as well. Uh, putting them in dorms, I guess they call it good for camaraderie. But I, I mean, I don't know. I've never been in that situation. Guys, I know the guys didn't like it. I know it wasn't a, a favorite of theirs, but it was good for just keeping an eye on your guys and keeping everybody, you know, football centric focused when it came to their you know, day-to-day operation. But there's so much that goes on in the stadium now that driving all the way back down to St. Norbert's, maybe that maybe that's not the best thing for these guys. So I, I don't know. I It's weird because they they even have GPS on these guys to see what they do, where they go. They test their heart rate, their sleep rate. I mean, everything is monitored now. So 
I would assume that, you know, going to St. Norbert's is maybe something of a thing of the past, I guess. Okay, my second question is I got my bill from DirecTV. I complained about it going up. So I got three free months of uh, HBO. So mm-hmm. I think I might get to hear the hard knocks this year. Yeah. I'd, I'd take that. I'm interested in watching Hard Knocks. And I appreciate the phone call, Phil, so much. And thanks for listening in Door County. i got to get to Door County. I haven't been Door, to Door County yet. Every time I, everybody wants to go, it's always football season, and I can't go. So i got to get to Door County. Have not been there. I've been over to the other side, over in Menominee Marinette, quite often, but never Door County. i got to get there. So that's one, of my, that's one of my bucket list things to do in the state of Wisconsin, is just experience a, a few days in Door County, just going up there and hiding out for a little while. Uh, going back to the direct TV thing and getting uh, three months free with HBO. Yeah. You're probably going to get hard knocks, get a chance to watch the jets up close and personal. I don't even, what, uh, Austin, do you know when the first edition of hard knocks airs by any chance? Uh, I do not. I can do a quick Google search possibly. Also yeah, another, find another note it, for Door County. They do have the best cherry donuts on the planet. Me, really? My family go there every, every year pretty much. Okay. So if you ever get there, cherry donuts. Cherry Donuts. i got to look for that. they got cherry wine. They've got a lot of good stuff up in Door County that has made its way to the southern portion of the state. I just have never I've never been. I've always wanted to go. Uh, I've heard so much about it. I've got friends that go every year. I've got friends that have houses that have said, hey, because uh, they rent their houses out. Say, hey, when you want the house, let us know. I just have never, the schedule just has never allowed it. Maybe next year or maybe later in the fall. Maybe uh, some weekend will come up to where I can do that next year, you know, at the end of this year or something like that, but uh, never been able to do it. Uh, it says Eight, Tuesday, August 8th should be the first episode. So next Tuesday. Yep. Next Tuesday, the first edition. Now i got to look for it, and I'm going to have to figure out a way to record it because I don't have HBO via Spectrum. What else is What else is HBO attached to that I might have? Would that be, is is that HBO and... Is that attached to anything? Because I know with different streaming networks now, you can get it, you can get it all together. Yeah, if you have a if you have a smart TV, HBO is just like an extra app onto it. Right. Uh, okay. That's what mine's on. But yeah, I gotta I gotta figure that out. I have to go go search. Uh, Thomas says AJ Dillon loves Door County. Well, he's like the unofficial mayor of Door County. AJ Dillon loves it up there. Absolutely. Um, Mark says also Sturgeon Bay Stone Harbor is a good time as well. And Peninsula State Park, beautiful up there. I got to get, I got to get, I, I really, I've always wanted to go. Kristen wants to go. We wanted to get away. We just do so much. Once you get to June, it's just, it's nonstop. And this month is no different because we leave, we stay fair on Thursday. We leave Thursday night for Sturgis we're going to be out there for all the way through the following weekend coming back watching that uh, Packers Bengals game talking about it on Monday then back into we get back I think I'm back for a day and then I'm back on the road again with uh, some of the cigar dinners and then there's Lambeau Field there's a couple of more practices we're going to get to and then all of a sudden before you know it we're into the uh, Fisher House golf outing the motorcycle ride and then uh, opening down in Chicago and taking some fans with us to Chicago for the Brewers and the and the Bears or Packers and the Bears and 
man. Man, it's, it is what it is. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step out, take a quick break. we got a lot more to get to today. Got some guys we want to hear from as well. So stay tuned. A whole lot, whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. that have been with us a long time good people smoke on the water and okachi lake and our friends at sloppy joe's saloon and spoon joe and ellen hennis been with us uh, a long long time supporting the program and supporting the motorcycle ride as well and uh, hopefully you support them and uh, smoke on the water is fantastic it's a great venue right there on wisconsin avenue out in okachi lake uh but sloppy joe's saloon and spoon is a good old-fashioned wisconsin bar pub restaurant just awesome, and uh, they're on Hubertus Road in Hubertus, Wisconsin, and love that place. Uh, both of them just spectacular, whether it's going for Old Fashions and Bloody Marys or just some terrific food. Uh, both places, Smoke on the Water in Okachi Lake and Sloppy Joe's Saloon and Spoon in Hubertus, both of them just absolutely awesome, and uh, they do a lot of great stuff, specifically at Smoke on the Water in that downstairs room now, that, uh, that big music venue they have. Just awesome. So uh, if you haven't been there lately, they do all kinds of different events, everything from different types of shows to theater to music. And it's just they've always comedy nights. They've always got something going on. Always check them out uh, on Facebook and Instagram uh, and such. So, so uh, Smoke on the Water in Okachi Lake and Sloppy Joe's Saloon and Spoon in Hubertus on Hubertus. So there you go. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Sixteen seventy. If you want to give us a shout, uh, please feel free. Go ahead and do so again. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. So AJ Dillon, AJ Dillon. Uh, speaking of the mayor of Door County, AJ Dillon says, "Hey, um, you know, so far in camp, uh, although the offense hasn't been overwhelmingly successful, he said, look, we really enjoy all the competition periods going against the defense.'" That's no, good. It gets, uh, it's awesome having those competition periods. And, uh, you know, we want our defense to, you know, to be awesome. We want that challenge. And, uh, no, it's good. They got a great great bunch of guys over there, so it's fun to go out there and compete. We'll, we'll start winning some of these. Um, but, yeah, they got the first two. He is uh, a veteran now. I mean, when you talk about some of the older guys on the team, it, him, Aaron Jones, you know, you talk David Bakhtiari, certainly, Elton Jenkins. Uh, so they were some of the younger guys not that long ago, Elton Jenkins kind of in that mid-range, and Bakhtiari being an older veteran. But A.J. Dillon also talks about being a vet right now on a team that got drastically younger this offseason. Yeah, and no, I think uh, I'm in a, the unique uh, spot with the team that we have where I'm kind of in the middle. Yeah, like I'm on the older side of it, but um, still I'm, uh, I'm only going into year four now, so I can – very easily relate back to you know being a first and second year guy I can definitely understand you know the ebbs and flows of what is coming in this training camp and they don't know yet and or um, you know how it is just approaching it so um, like I said since OTA just trying to be a resource for those guys trying to go out there every day and 
be consistent, be somebody that they can look to that's doing the right things um, as much as I can to get that positive example. And then when you uh, talk about A.J. Dillon um, being a veteran, I mean, between himself, more so even Aaron Jones, who's become more vo- – I mean, when you don't have the face of your team at quarterback anymore, you're kind of looking for that vocal leader. And A.J. Dillon talks about how Aaron Jones has really kind of taken over that role. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is going into year seven for him now. And, you know, he's been a leader, and I've, you know, talked about that in the past. Obviously, he's helped me out a lot, um, getting, you know, my wits about me coming into the league um, and playing with him. Uh, but he's definitely uh, stepped into more of a vocal role, like you're saying, um, if that's what he said. Um, you know, you see him in the huddle kind of getting the offensive line going before we go out in a competition period, um, just kind of encouraging the guys, all right, here we go, um, which is great. And, uh, you know, it's awesome. Definitely, you know, a couple guys who were doing that uh, role left, and so he stepped up into that and done a, a great job so far throughout camp. So the running back position, we all know there's been a lot of controversy here as of late. You know, Dalvin Cook's looking for a deal. We know what happened with Saquon Barkley. Uh, Obviously, uh, down in Indianapolis, uh, also Jonathan Taylor uh, and what's been said about the running back position through the owner, Jim Irsay. A.J. Dillon's coming into a contract year, and he's coming into a contract year, entering that contract year in a very soft and down running back market, for, uh, for lack of a better term. He talks about that. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's no shock there. They definitely are not getting paid like other positions are. Uh, but, you know, me, my focus is going ahead and getting paid in general. <laughs> uh, right now, uh, you know, I'm not really in a standpoint to, you know, be on any pedestal. Uh, I need to go out there, do what I need to do. And, uh, you know, I'm looking to put myself in the best position, you know, for a second contract for me and my family, and then this team uh, in the best position to go win a Super Bowl. You wonder what kind of a season he's going to have. Last year was a little bit of a down year. Uh, and obviously this year you want it to be a big year. You want to be the, the dynamic two and a one-two punch for sure. So you wonder what kind of a year he's going to have this year going into that contract year. And to make a little extra cash, uh, what do you do as a running back? So A.J. Dillon, uh, did he write a children's book to make extra cash? No, nah, I definitely didn't do it for the cash. Uh you know, I would have had to come out with the series. So maybe if you start seeing me come out with book number two and three, if this one starts doing well, then uh, yeah, then I was definitely selling out. But uh, no, it's just it's just fun to fun little side project, man. I, lo- I love to, you know, be involved, do other things besides football, especially in the off season when we have some time to kind of venture out and see. You know, football is a very short span. You know, see what other opportunities I can have, uh, whatever other avenues I can be involved in, and. You know, it was an awesome networking event, being able to talk to authors and publishers and things that I would have never met in any other circumstance. So it's great to use a platform I have now and diversify a little bit. So what made him, I mean, you're sitting around one day, you're thinking about football and you're doing your thing. And then so what made him write a children's book? Over the offseason, uh, just I kind of tweeted out one day, like first maybe like a couple of weeks after the Super Bowl, I was like, hey, you know, I said, I'm going to write a children's book. I was in uh, Barnes & Noble with my wife. I was like, I'm going to write a children's book. And uh, we were laughing about it, and then a bunch of people on Twitter were like, you know what, go ahead and do it. And I was like, all right, you know, I'll try. And, you know, I kept everything in-house. We got a Milwaukee publisher, Milwaukee illustrator, and, uh, you know, it was all Wisconsin Central, and it was a lot of fun uh, doing it and putting it together. And it was the goal to get it done before camp, and we did that, and um, it's had a great turnout so far. 
so now uh, it's you know on to the, the you know the business of football and uh, when you've got a first year starter and a guy like Jordan Love you know the big thing is is what can the guys the, especially the veteran guys that are around him guys like Aaron Jones and his offensive line and then AJ Dillon what can they do to help him as a first year starter uh, you know, I think the way I help him is, you know, just going out there and doing my job, being accountable to my responsibility, uh, definitely making it uh, so he can just focus on his things so he doesn't have to worry about me and make sure I'm doing my thing. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, he's done a great job approaching it from OTAs to now. I think the guys are responding well, and I think the offense is, you know, every day, every day gelling. Um, I think Coach LaFleur said yesterday uh, to the team, going to paraphrase here, but it's just about getting a little bit better every day, chipping along. We have... I think 45 days, 40 some odd days until we play that game. So if we can get a little bit better every single day, that'll put us in the best position to start the season. And so I think as an offense, we're, we're really starting to, you know, make those strides, especially from where we were starting OTAs. Uh, we've come a long way already. So uh, we all know statistically a down year for A.J. Dillon last year. It wasn't a great year. It wasn't a great year statistically for the offense. I mean, when it comes to numbers that they had put up years prior uh, and A.J. Dillon, when he looks at coming into this season, obviously a contract year coming up. So what does he want to improve on his game this season? Uh, I think I just really need to play, uh, you know, just a little bit more. It's hard to put a word on it, but like passionate. I think I just need to go out there and just play a little bit more reckless. If so uh, I'm not trying to play perfect, not trying to play perfect football. Nobody does. Uh, just kind of go out there um, and, for lack of words, kind of make defenses feel me, you know, even though, you know, we might be running and, I'm only getting, there's only four yards here to get, make it a hard four yards, make sure the next time I'm running the ball, those defenders, you know, feel that they think about it next time and just kind of, you know, deliver the blow a little bit more. Um, and then just always, there's always room for more consistency, uh, more improvement um, in, in little parts of the game. But that's what, you know, these practices are for, details and things like that. But I uh, definitely want to bring that passion, uh, some more of that passion to uh, my game this year. Now, Aaron Jones, he's kind of a scat back. He's a guy that's got that quick burst. He can get to the second level. He can burn the second level. He can get away from a second level. And he can run inside. He can run outside. But you give him a little room, boom, he's gone. Meanwhile, A.J. Dillon, he, he doesn't have that same level of speed. But one of the things that he wants to do and is talked about is uh, running harder, pad level down, running more violently, uh, he says. Take a listen. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's definitely uh, kind of like looking back and seeing. Uh, all right, you know, I'm not satisfied with, you know, really how I performed last year. Let's look back at when I have been really successful and how I approached the game. And yeah, looking back a little bit, looking back at those highlights, going back to what was my mindset when I was in college and I was dominating the ACC. What was what was that like? Um, and trying to just get to that mindset. Um, yeah, definitely is my approach. Uh, and then uh, when you talk about the rookies that are there, because the weapons right now that are the, the mainstays are Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, everything else is different. Uh, you know, you've got second year with Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, Samari Torrey, obviously, but you've got a new guy in Jaden Reed. But uh, two of the guys are going to rely upon both in blocking and in pass catching is the tight ends in Musgrave and Kraft. And he, he, uh, he talks about uh, their progress and what they look like so far in camp as well. They're looking good. They're looking uh, really athletic. Uh, you got Musgrave, you got uh, Tucker Kraft, you got Henry, you got Cam McDonald. Um, all those guys, they're, they're flying around. Uh, they're all the rookies, all the position groups, man. We, we definitely got a lot of really capable guys, a lot, a lot of guys who are really hungry. 
and uh, you know they definitely bring in athletes here. So uh, sometimes it's really fun to like watch those guys get their reps in there, just flying around a million a million miles an hour. It's like wow, all right, these guys are real deal. I found it interesting what he said about when he was dominate in the ACC, and I want to go back to that, uh, and I want to know, um, you know, what it is that he saw when he goes back to watching himself run in the ACC. What did what did he see when he went back and watched that college film? Like I said, it's more a mindset uh, mindset type of thing, and kind of the way I approach the game. It's you can't really compare like the college game, uh, especially as a running back to the NFL um, as far as like a technicality standpoint my IQ and the technicality of playing running back from college to now is like light years beyond I was just running and have like having fun you know uh, but being able to implement you know the stuff that I've learned uh, how I understand the game how I understand the offense how it moves around um, the run game and the pass game and then going ahead and just bringing that tenacity to just go out there have fun and just like be a problem be somebody that people like don't want to deal with um, on the other side of the ball. Um, that's just kind of that mindset. Uh, and then last but not least from A.J. Dillon, he uh, talks about to the rookie uh, Jaden Reed. And I hate comparisons, but he goes there. He talks about the comparisons and similarities with Jaden Reed and who he compares him to. Absolutely. I think he's uh, obviously I never played with Kobe back when he was, you know, going crazy, tearing up the NFC. Um, but, you know, I did – I have seen the tapes. I used to, like, watch the Packers play, and uh, I know there's that, that comparison has been drawn. Uh, definitely not going to disrespect Kavi by saying somebody who just got here is at that level, but there's definitely a lot of things that are reminiscent of the style. Um, Jaden's a really good kid. Uh, you know, he comes from a really great family uh, from the people that I've gotten to meet. Um, so I know he's got his head screwed on straight, and he's ready to work. And he always comes with a positive attitude. And obviously everybody else sees the measurables and see how fast he is and he can catch and fly around. So, um, you know, sky's the limit for him. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm really excited to see him and a lot of the other rookies, like what they what they bring to the table. So there you go. That is A.J. Dillon, uh, kind of in a make-or-break season for him when it comes to a running back position in the NFL with the Green Bay Packers specifically. But uh, he really needs to get, get back to being the two and the one-two punch and actually having punch. Uh, last year, a down season statistically for him, so he needs to get back at it. Uh, let's do this. We're going to take uh, step away, take a quick break, and come back. we got a lot more to get to. We're going to hear from Christian Watson coming up in the next hour as well, so stay tuned for that. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Buzzard Billies and Starlight Lounge. They are on Pearl Street in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and Buzzard Billies opening back in 1997 in that uh, old brick hotel, beautiful old building. Love that place. But really good food. And the best thing I like about Buzzard Billy's is that that can really make or break a, a bar or restaurant. Cold beer. Cold. Cold on tap. Cold in the fridge. Love it. Great stuff. The food is outstanding. But cold beer. Love that. Or if you want the cocktail, you want the martini, the after-dinner drink, if you will, head upstairs. Starlight Lounge. Both places. Absolutely awesome. Heather runs downstairs at, this, at Buzz, Buzzard Billy's. David runs upstairs. The Starlight Lounge, both great places, both in La Crosse, Wisconsin, both of which, when I head out there for Oktoberfest, both of which I will be visiting. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome to Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. May I take your order? I'd like nine windows, please. 
Of course. All our products are custom made just for you. I'm hoping they'll match my home. Of course they can. Have it your way. Excuse me? We're talking about windows, right? Yes, we customize any decor. Our design options are virtually limitless, even more customized than your coffee. So you're like my personal barista for windows and doors. Exactly. And you couldn't have picked a better time because if you customize your order by August 31st, you can bundle and save big. Good deal. That was easy. Thank you. Drive through. Pella's premium wood windows and patio doors feature distinguished craftsmanship and nearly endless possibilities. Bundle and save when you customize your order by August 31st at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com. Buckle up. It's all systems go at Pottawatomi. Plug in to high wattage play and you could win an all-electric BMW i7. Play now through September with your club card. Prize drawings on Thursdays. There's a shocking $800,000 in total prizes on the line, including the luxury BMW i7. It's time to electrify your drive. Only at Pottawatomie Casino Hotel. More info at paysbig.com slash BMW. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play. Good to have you back. The uh, the San Diego Padres, who really aren't good this year and have really tried to make a decision as to whether or not they're going to be buyers or sellers when it comes to, you know, the, the trade deadline. San Diego right now, 52 and 55, but they're eight and a half games back behind the Dodgers they are suddenly rumored to be in the Justin Verlander sweepstakes. Doesn't make sense. I mean, they've spent a ton of money on that team this year. It just hasn't panned out for them. They're under 500 at this point. Uh, they have granted they had some injuries and such, but man, between you know, God, they just they just haven't looked good, for lack of a better term. And San Diego, I mean, they just, gosh, Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado. Obviously, they're talking the possibility of giving up their closer, uh, former brewer Josh Hader. And now, all of a sudden, they're going to think about going into the Justin Verlander sweepstakes. But that was one of the the rumors that just broke. Also, uh, Sam Knoll, the reliever has now gone to Cincinnati. Sam Knoll, the reliever, has now gone on to Cincinnati. And uh, the, the left-hander uh, goes to uh, Cincinnati uh, along with international cap space. Whatever the hell that means. <laughs> the A's are going to get uh, the pitching prospect Joe Boyle in exchange and to make room for Sam Maul uh, on the 40-man roster. The Reds sent Hunter Green to the 60-day IL. Maul is 31 years old, spent the last three years serving as a a pretty solid reliever in Oakland's bullpen and had a 365 ERA over the last three years, but uh, this season has not fared so well. 454 ERA, it's higher than in previous uh, the last previous couple of years, despite so much stuff going right 
in terms of his, uh, you know, kind of under the hood numbers. He's got a 21, 27.1 strikeout rate, 11.2% walk rate, and 52% uh, grounder rate, uh, which are all improvements, but uh, just hasn't worked out for him in, in the long run. So um, you take a look at uh, what they're getting, and while he's giving up hits, um, his strikeout rate, his walk rate, his, his ground ball rate, all pretty good. Specifically, and you pick up a lefty ground ball pitcher in this division because of the ballparks that you – now, granted, the, the Brewers aren't going to Great American anytime soon, but for playing at Great American, you don't want to put the ball in the air. So they pick up a guy that's a ground ball guy more often than not, and uh, that way you're not putting the ball in the air where it flies down at Great American Ballpark. And when you talk about Wrigley, you talk about Pittsburgh and PNC, St. Louis and Bush, I mean, all of those stadiums have propensity for, for home runs. So Sam Mall now going to uh, Cincinnati. So Cincinnati picking up some relief in the pen. But, again, it's not a big deal. It's much like the Brewers. You're trying to find lightning in a bottle. You're taking a guy who's had some pretty good numbers the past few years. This season, not quite as good. You're not giving up a ton for him. You're getting a little bit of relief maybe in the long run. And you're finding yourself a guy that's got some controllable asset capability if, indeed, he does catch fire with you and in your pen or what have you. Much like the Brewers. It's very much a similar, smaller market type of deal. Meanwhile, like I said, San Diego, all of a sudden, rumor has it, uh, if you look at Twitter, uh, in Major League Baseball coverage, because we got almost exactly five hours, five hours, one minute, and 30 seconds from the trade deadline ending. But uh, you're looking at some of these other deals, like you know San Diego suddenly Justin, jumping into the Justin Verlander sweepstakes. Shoo. So the Brewers have picked up a couple of bats. The Reds have picked up an arm as the race continues. Now that we are in the month of August for the stretch run of the season to try to win the National League Central. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. We got Christian Watson we're going to hear from when we come back. Stay tuned for that. A whole lot more happening. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.